Good evening. Wisdom Eccentrics by Natchan Wimshi, Chapter 9. Kunzangdorje Rinpoche said, Yeah, I will see what can be done with you. Maybe something can be done, maybe nothing can be done. So, anyway, maybe I will let you come back tomorrow, or maybe not. I do not know. Which do you choose? That you let me come back tomorrow, Rinpoche? Oh yeah, maybe. We will see. Now you leave. Chapter 9 The High Plains Drifter Yeah, Rinpoche sighed with a shake of his head that spoke of pronounced ennui. So you come again? Yes, Rinpoche. Tomyor, I have said before, Rinpoche yelled with great force, I do not need you to agree with me. What was I to say then? No, Rinpoche? No, not a wise decision. I remained silent. Rinpoche gazed at me expressionlessly for several moments. So, Rinpoche began again, how often do you wish to come to see me? I answered promptly, hoping I was not going to look like an idiot. As often as you will allow, every day if I can. Rinpoche laughed, a ruthless laugh, and eyed me severely. Ha! So now you are very brave and strong. Yes, I began somewhat recklessly. I am brave, Rinpoche, and reasonably strong. Ha! Rinpoche shouted. So you have no fear of Kunzangdorje? No, I mean yes. I do feel fearful of you, but only because I fear you may throw me out. Ha! Maybe Kunzangdorje doesn't throw you out. Maybe Kunzangdorje kills you instead. Ha! What do you say now? Do you think Kunzangdorje will kill you? This actually tickled my sense of humour, so I came back with a rejoinder. No, Rinpoche, but... You may kill me any time you like. Rinpoche grinned at me and sat nodding his head with approval for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we fight with swords then. But maybe no need for killing today. I thought of saying exactly, Rinpoche, Tomorrow's as good a day as any, but I thought it was unwise to push my luck. Rinpoche sat silently for a moment, looking at me with an expression I couldn't decipher. So, do you want to hear more of Paltrel? Yes, please, Rinpoche. Then Rinpoche mimicked me. Yes, please, Rinpoche. He knew what I'd said without need of translation, just as well as I knew the word Tomyo. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, Paltrow came from Ka Chung Ko. Ka Chung Ko? I asked in a somewhat hesitant manner, writing the name in my notebook. Oh, yeah, he roared. A valley in Za Chuka, he roared. That's why he's called Za Paltrow. Paltrow from Za he shouted with searing intensity. An uneasy interval ensued, for me at any rate, in which Rinpoche surveyed the room. It occurred to me that Tsar Paltrow was a name like Turkey Creek Jack Johnson, but there was no way of communicating that idea to Rinpoche, even though he might have enjoyed the idea of names being like that in the Old West. Paltrow was born in the Earth Dragon year. What year were you born? Rinpoche barked. Water Dragon, I replied almost too quickly and a little too loudly. Rinpoche ignored my answer, probably because there was nothing further to say about it. Paltrow was the son of a family from the Mukpodong clan. clan. Wasn't Chugyam Trumper Rinpoche from that clan? I asked. And didn't that belong to Akyong? Rinpoche looked almost approving of that question. Yeah, Trumpa's family is Mukpo, and that is part of the great Akyong clan. Anyhow, Paltrul's family also belonged to the Getse Kongma clan. His mother was called Drolma Tromtsa, and his father, he was called Lawang Gyaltog. They were simple Gurkha Changlo practitioners, good people. Rinpoche sat looking at me in a non-committal kind of way and I began to get the idea that I ought to ask a question. He was an incarnation of Long Chempo, wasn't he? Yeah, he was recognised as the Tulku of Palge Samten Puntzog. Anyway, Paltrul means the Tulku of Palge. Rinpoche almost spat the words at me. And then, Palge was the speech incarnation of Jigme Lingpa, who was the incarnation of Long Chempa. Speech incarnation, I inquired. Yeah. Those who become fully realised often manifest multiple incarnations, usually three, belonging to the categories of body, speech and mind. The body incarnation continues the physical activities of the previous Lama. The mind incarnation continues the inspirational quality of the previous Lama's presence. The speech incarnation continues the previous Lama's diversity of communications. Rinpoche recited this information without a great deal of enthusiasm, but could see that I was imbibing it with unbridled fascination. So he continued. Paltrul was a practitioner of Longchen Nyingtig of Longchenpa and one of the major holders of Yeshe Lama and Salung. Maybe you know about this already? Well, Rinpoche, I know that the Nyingtig line originated with Longchenpa. And? Do you know any more than this? Rinpoche shouted. Well, I replied, Long Chempa appeared in visionary form 
and revealed it as a direct transmission to Jigme Lingpa. And then Jigme Lingpa passed the tram- transmission to Jigme Gyalwe Nyugu, who in turn passed it to Zarpaltro. And, Rinpoche barked, drilling me with a fierce stare, is there more coming? Long Chempa was the incarnation of Pema Leidrautzal and also Princess Pema Sel. Oh, yeah, Rinpoche mocked derisively. So now you are a great scholar. Kema, Kema, Kema. No, Rinpoche. Why do you say no? Rinpoche barked. Because I don't want to be a scholar, I replied, starting to feel ever so slightly irked by Rinpoche's tirade. I don't have that kind of intelligence. I just try to learn what I can because I'm interested in the Nyingma tradition to which I belong. Rinpoche looked as if he was avoiding the desire to smile. Yeah, good. So you know something else? A little. A little what? he roared. I know that Long Chempa was ordained at the age of eleven and studied with the third Karmapa, Rangjung Dorje. Yeah, 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 Rinpoche nodded. He was born as a son of Dromza Sonamgyen from the family of Dromtong Gyalwe Dungne. His father was Tengpa Strung Rinpoche, the scientist, the Nakpa. Did you know this? No, Rinpoche, I didn't. Yeah, so you do not know everything. No, Rinpoche. I told you that I did not need you to agree with me, Rinpoche yelled. If you do this again, you will have to leave. Maybe you should leave now. Rinpoche sat in silence for five minutes whilst I sat like a lump of mouldering misery. He'd said maybe, so it wasn't definite that I had to leave. I'd just sit and wait. Oh, yeah, maybe you can stay, Rinpoche began again. I still have something to say. Rinpoche sat silently for some minutes more. Yeah, anyhow. Long Chempa received Nyingma transmissions from his family but also studied from many of the great lamas of every lineage. He received the Kadam and Sakya teachings from Sakyapal and Sonam Gyaltsen, and also both old and new translation tantras. At 19 years old, Long Chempa entered Sangpu Nyodtog, where he became a great scholar. I was making notes avidly when Rinpoche laughed somewhat violently. Ha! You become like Long Chempa. You believe this? No, Rinpoche, there's no possibility of that. Yeah, good. What do you want then? What do you want if you don't want to be like Long Chempa? I want, eventually, to receive Dzogchen instruction from you. Rinpoche looked at me in slightly less hostile mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But there is more you know about Long Chempa? Very little, I ventured, and probably not worth hearing. 
I will tell you if it is worth hearing, Rinpoche shouted, then exclaimed with great vehemence, You do as I ask, no more. You just tell me what you know. Then, in a slightly less strident tone, he concluded, I have no need of your opinions about what you know. I will decide whether what you have to say is interesting to me or not. Well, I answered with trepidation. After becoming a great scholar, he decided to practice in solitude in the mountains because he'd become disgusted by the behaviour of scholars. Yeah! Rinpoche shouted at painful volume. This, and he pounded the table with his fist, is the most important thing to know. So why do you say that what you know is not worth hearing? There is no need to be Tom your all the time when sometimes you have some intelligence. This alternation of censure and approval was wreaking havoc with my body as well as my mind. I was feeling decidedly queasy. Rinpoche was waiting for an answer, however, and so I replied, well, it seemed more anecdotal rather than something specific concerned with his training. Ha! So you still want to be a scholar? No, Rinpoche. Ha! Then forget scholarship. Forget it or you will become an academic tomyore. Then you will never understand Zogchen. I will tell you more anecdotes like this. I will tell you because these stories have great meaning. They will be more valuable to you than this tomyore scholastic list learning. We sat in silence for a while. Rinpoche surveyed me closely but he also surveyed the room. He called out to someone in another room and after a few moments the lady of the house appeared with some bottles of Indian beer. Glasses were set out and Rinpoche poured the beer. He gestured to me to take one and I did so. He then entered a brief moment of meditation and softly said, Kalpazang. Yeah, so no need for Kunzang Dorje to say any more about Long Chempa. But there is something more important to say about Paltrow. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please, Rinpoche. Rinpoche smiled ever so slightly. A moment of silence followed. Then he shouted, Why? as if he'd changed his mind about being amused and was suddenly furious with me for no reason I could comprehend. Why did I want to hear it? What sort of question was that? Because it's really interesting and I love hearing about this stuff? No, those were idiot answers. So what do I say? Well, Tomyor, have you no tongue in your head? That, of course, was the very question to paralyse my tongue completely. But I knew that my presence was barely tolerated, so I forced myself to reply. Because Dudrum Rinpoche sent me here to learn from you, Rinpoche, and I want to hear anything you have to tell me. Yeah, 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 but it will not be scholastic. 
If you want to be a scholar, you will have to go to Gangchen Kishong, where they make scholars. They also have many Inji Tomyos there, maybe even more witless than you. Whatever you have to tell me, Rinpoche, is what I want to hear. I really don't care about being a scholar. Yeah, yeah, so you say, Rinpoche replied, as if there were no way round continuing to regale me with information. The Drukchen Gyalua Changchub said that most people would have problems recognising Paltrow due to his non-conformism his aversion to institutions and his beggarly appearance. Paltrow's lifestyle was not particularly unconventional for a Togden, but for a Lama of his lineal status it was extraordinary. He was supposed to have been influenced by the example of Shabkar. You know of Shabkar? Yes, Rinpoche. Shabkar was a Tomyor, a good meditator also, and he had much devotion, but he was still a Tomyo. Shabkar was an idiot, I asked, vaguely dumbfounded, whilst it occurred to me that if Shabkar was an idiot, then I was in worthy company, unless I was not that kind of idiot. Yeah, the Tomyo threw stones at an owl because it disturbed his meditation. Eh, hey, Hong! Who but a Tomyul would throw stones at an owl for such a reason? This was not a rhetorical question, and so I had to answer. Well, I suppose that I wouldn't, and in that instance, Rinpoche, yes, I see that he was a, an idiot. Yeah, anyhow, that's just Kunzang Dorje's bad mind. You don't have to have Kunzang Dorje's bad mind towards Shabkar. But anyway, Paltrow was never able to meet Shabkar. Paltrow's main influence was his most important teacher, Dokyense. Maybe, if you do not run away from the bad, angry Kunzang Dorje, more can be told about him. Rinpoche sat silent for a moment or two, seeming to stare right through me. Dokyense was a great lama. But anyway, I will talk more of Paltrow. Paltrow lived for long periods of his life wandering in the mountains, sleeping rough and having no possessions. He didn't wear a white skirt or even the costume of a village nakpa. That's why he went unrecognised. He dressed in nomad's clothes, had a white sheepskin coat. He was a high plains drifter. He wandered from place to place, mainly in the valleys of Tsar Zika, Do, Ma and Tse, teaching through haphazard contact with people. In this way, he manifested secret activity. Rinpoche looked at me intently, and I started feeling that a question was being encouraged. Secret activity, Rinpoche? Yeah, secret activity. It's a method of teaching which is extraordinarily powerful, but extraordinarily inaccessible in terms of meeting with it. Those who can be benefited by such teachings are only those who are completely ripe in the moment it manifests. Tsar Paltrow was often taken to be an itinerant vagabond, 
lacking even the air of religious mendicancy that would prompt dispensation of alms. Those stultified ecclesiastical pedants who required their high lamas to conform to the conventions of monastic institutions never met him, even though they yearned to meet him. Rinpoche rocked backward and forward, laughing at this point in his account. They could easily have passed him in the street and thrown him a sung as they'd do for any beggar. Paltrell occasionally allowed himself to be put to work by the ignorant, didn't he? I asked. And Rinpoche looked on my question with an approval that was almost as shocking as his disapproval. Yeah, he arrived at a monastery to give empowerments but the domestic staff gave him the task of scouring out the massive cooking pot in which the monk's tea was to be made. The abbot of the monastery inquired how preparations were going for the arrival of Tsar Paltrow Rinpoche and was told that things were going well due to the fact that they'd enlisted the help of some old nakpa in cleaning work. The abbot, knowing something of Tsar Paltrow's style, gasped, Kima! That'll be Tsar Paltrow Rinpoche. I must get down there immediately and escort him to his appointed quarters. Paltrow smiled when he saw his disciple. He dismissed the abbot's profuse apologies and said, I hope you don't mind, but I thought you'd like some good tea for this jamboree. This was typical of Paltrow's practice of falling in with whatever happened and allowing the situations in which he found himself to manifest teachings. Rinpoche opened a further two bottles of Eagle Indian beer. He filled two glasses and pushed one toward me. This is really what I want to tell you. How to be a good Nakpa. How to be a real yogi and not a Tomyur. Rinpoche fixed me with his gaze and I realised that I was going to have to say something. Paltrow's teachings have wonderful irony, I commented. Yeah, and? I can imagine people remembering the words and phrases they used in conversation with him, with the High Plains drifter who turns out to be Tsar Paltrow, and reflecting on themselves, they might then see themselves as idiots, and then there could be a complete change in their lives. Oh, yeah. And if you do not run away, and if you stop being a Tomyur, maybe you could change. That's what I want, Rinpoche. Yeah, but you will need to understand all that I explain, he barked. And then maybe, if finally you are no longer a Tomyur, then maybe transmission of Dzogchen may be possible. But maybe you remain a Tomyur. Then nothing. A lengthy silence. Now you leave. <laughs>